0: Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the physique development podcast, a podcast bringing you structured Q&As, deep dives on single topics, and inside looks at our team. And in today's episode, we are back with another installment of the muscle group series, and in this series, we take a deep dive on specific muscles each and every episode. You will learn the function of a specific muscle, common training mistakes, and misconceptions about that muscle group, go-to exercises, and why we personally program them for clients, and we'll also include some key execution cues to nail down your technique. Today's episode, we are going to cover the muscles of the upper arms, this being the biceps and triceps. We're gonna talk about where they are, what they do, and how we train them. And as I always do on these Muscle Group Series episodes, I like to sort of have a note or a caveat saying, we are not going to exhaust these explanations and anatomical structures we are doing our best to give you the tools for a better understanding of the anatomy, your training in any given training session. Okay. So if you want to learn more, get an anatomy book, go get the complete anatomy app. Um, there's a lot of great resources out there. Um, and we have some information in the show notes about uh, learning more about all this stuff as well. All right. So that kind of covers the intro here. I'm going to hand it off to Alex. And we're kind of going to dive into the biceps first. All right.
1: So, within the biceps, I have a, a fun fact for you guys to utilize next time you're around all of your, your gym going friends is that uh, the biceps are called the, the brachii, which is the lat or in Latin is two headed muscle of the arm. So, um, obviously, it works accordingly to, to what it truly is, and it is representing the short and the long head of the bicep. The biceps attach across two joints, the elbow and the shoulder, and its core function is to uh, create elbow flexion or flex at the elbow and uh, supinate the wrist. The biceps are a small muscle group, and they are a, a pivotal piece within the functionality of the arm as a whole. And, um time that you are, are picking something up whether it be the the groceries and you are um, showcasing to your significant other how many that you can carry this is going to be a, a helpful muscle group for that or um, if you are putting your luggage in the overhead in the in the plane that is going to be a, a helpful uh, muscle to get that in there but um, it has a, a lot of of just general application to your day to day within the functionality of of tasks that you would do. And then also it is going to serve as a muscle group that is um the the first one that people kind of uh talk about when uh critiquing your physique, seeing that, oh, let me see how let me see those arms. Those are some those are some nice arms. Why don't you go ahead and, and uh flex the flex your bicep or, or throw up a front double bicep. It's kind of the um I guess the, the main one that almost everyone is is familiar with, if, they, if you think of a bodybuilder and someone who is just general population is probably going to throw up a front double bicep to say, uh, or, or to resemble a, a bodybuilder. So these, this muscle specifically is going to be very important for you to get compliments probably from the, the general population and know that you actually train. So it's a important, uh, muscle group for you to, uh, hypertrophy as a whole.
0: Yeah. And with the uh it's definitely the the muscle you're carrying in the groceries that's going to cramp up so you know it's working um <laughs> i mine always cramps up when i when i do the the one trip uh grocery haul into the house um now that we have a new a new place we actually have a wagon now so i don't have to do that but awesome. <laughs> I just yeah. i just load Best up the, shit in the wagon and just drag yeah. it in um which is great But so the, like you were saying too, the, the biceps and it it seems like the biceps and the traps are just those, those muscles that if you want to kind of look like you lift, you need to have arms and traps as a male. um, Those are kind of your, your go-to. And obviously as we preach on this show or whatever the hell this is um, through physique development, we want to train everything, right? We want to be very functional and we want to be healthy and and well-rounded and symmetrical and all those things. But all that to say, if you want to look jacked, (laughs) have bigger arms (laughs) and big traps. That's I'm just going to leave that, leave that there. Um, And so Alex did mention the short head and the long head of the biceps. So we're going to go through the biceps first. Um, Obviously we're going to talk about the triceps here later on a little bit, Um, but I want to get into kind of the short head Uh, and where those are positioned and and all of that stuff Um, a little bit more and a little bit in the nitty gritty, maybe get a little nerdy here um, just for a second and then we'll kind of uh, go back out and with a broader broader paintbrush or broader lens. So the short head, short of the bicep is positioned on the inside of the upper arm and it attaches uh, up there on the scapula, it attaches to that curvy part that shoots out under the collarbone, in case you're interested. And inserts into the biceps tendon down near the elbow okay so the short head is most known for its roles in elbow flexion and supination okay that turning of the forearm or wrist and we when people talk about the short head they're usually referring to the biceps peak right so if you go on YouTube and you type in anything has to do with biceps you're gonna get people talking about grow the peak um, do X Y and Z and as we'll get into a little later, you can start to bias these heads, um, more and more, uh, and be a little bit more strategic, but all that to say, um, just flex the arm, load that train the body, just train your arms, man. Okay. That's the big thing. Um, and, and the biggest tip on growing your biceps peak is to grow your biceps in general. Um, and really kind of an own adage that we can the peak's more like a genetic thing anyways i mean obviously you can grow your arms but in terms of your insertion point and and all of that stuff and how that goes for you it's largely genetic in a big way
1: yeah that's what i was more so getting at and even if you're wanting to you're you're seeing the um the post and those different factors of of biasing the the short head or the the long head of the bicep the reality is, is that 99% of people are not going to have a discrepancy of, of short and, and long head, uh, either muscular density or strength, or even if you did, I don't know if you would even notice necessarily a, a discrepancy between strength, maybe. Um, but with it, just to say and to reiterate the fact of like, just train your biceps, don't get too caught up in like, I have this much volume placed on the short head and I have this much volume placed on the, the long head of the, the bicep.
0: Yeah. I mean, splitting hairs there and it's, um, again, I have a variety. We're going to talk about variety here in a minute um, after I go over the the long head of the bicep, but just having some variety in your, in your arms training, your biceps training specifically, um, it's going to really help grow both of those heads. Um, I would say fairly evenly. And obviously there's going to be some, some deviation person to person, some, some variability individually uh, from person to person, but that said it's it's good just to train train your arms train them <laughs> hard all right long head of the long head of the bicep here so the long head of the biceps is positioned on the outside of the upper arm right so the short head was on the inside of the upper arm and the long head is on the outside of the upper arm and it attaches more to the shoulder centric part of the scapula uh, where its tendon actually runs smoothly through a grooved notch in the humerus bone that upper arm bone and then inserts into the bicep tendon near the elbow alongside the short head. So with a lot of things, especially with the arms here, we're gonna have a differing attachment points um, on one side of the muscle. And a lot of these like sort of filter in or kind of come all together to, to attach together to a kind of a collective tendon down near the elbow. Okay, this is, this tracks with biceps and the triceps. Okay. The long head also flexes the elbow and creates supination that turning of the forearm or wrist so it it shares that role uh with the short head and the longer head sits under the short head and when trained helps create a thicker arm right so again splitting hairs train your arms (laughs) work on a variety of exercises right it's it's there's there's that thing we always talk about alex and i always talk about this um i know when when we Are on together it's it's like ignorance is bliss and it's just like the best you know your physique's looking pretty damn good these days but thank you um yeah i can't say the same for myself as far as like (laughs) relative but i would say when my physique looked the best it was sort of like ignorance is bliss right it was like just train hard and train a lot recover well repeat right and obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance in that of course. we split here, we split hairs here at physique development quite a bit, <laughs> Yeah, um, especially between amongst all, us and the way we program and the way that we coach. And, and we're obviously deep entrenched into the nuance. We're deep entrenched into sort of the splitting of those hairs. Um, but for you, the listener, and for people who are just trying to really grow a muscle group and to train hard, it's. It's just important to, to do just that, just to train hard and have a good variety of exercises and enjoy the shit that you're doing. Enjoy what you're doing. I think that's a big thing. Did you want to mention anything before we go into the exercises?
1: Yeah, I think that the the other aspect within that long head is that it is going to, as Austin spoke on with the scapula attaching there, and um, that is one thing that, like in a preacher curl, we're going to talk about this within the exercise selection. Is that the individual will kind of like shrug up, and and what's happening there is that we're kind of getting this um, momentum being generated because of the the attachment point and those different factors. So understanding kind of that component where it is going to play a role in the stabilization and if if you were to select any you know training of of locking down the scapula you've, you hear this term you know uh across the last five, six years, what have you, in terms of the bench press and those different factors as we have worked to to not have that be the case. And, and we've made that error in the past and, and are seeing now within our pressing and, and pulling motions that it's more of an organic movement of the, uh, the scapula going through protraction and retraction. This is actually when we're training biceps and triceps specifically, this could be a time to lock down the scapula that it would be of value to you to have better stability for the the long head and, and the short head of the bicep specifically to to work better more so the the long head specifically
0: yeah and I, I like um you know the cue I use for myself and, and for anyone in person it's sort of it's creating stability um right in that upper back and when someone sort of tells you a cue that kind of works for me in my head is is when you know you're kind of hunched over let's say you know sitting at a desk and someone says like sit up sit up straight you kind of bring those shoulder blades back you create stability in that upper back you know you create some tension back there and that's essentially all we're wanting to do um and as the load gets greater though is when it gets increasingly and more important that you have that stability back there right because we're not wanting to protract and retract and protract and retract as we're going through these arm motions um because that's going to take a lot of um a lot of the focus and you're going to lose some tension there uh and you're going to honestly, I I think create some wear and tear around uh, the shoulders, um, and, and where those attachment points are. Um, and it's going to all around, just take focus off kind of the work you're trying to do in general, um, just all up. So I think that's an important note, uh, and, and a good one to, to mention there. So some of these, some of these exercises here, Uh, ones that we love. Okay. So as, uh, with other muscle group series episodes, uh, you can go back and listen to those, uh, we have pretty much, this is the last muscle group uh, that we're covering here as far as, as of right now, uh, we thought the abs were, but we, we remembered, we forgot the arms, uh, how dare us. And so we, we wanted to obviously hit the arms here in this episode, but with, with all the other ones, why I mentioned that was, uh, we have a playlist on our YouTube channel, just search physique development. Uh, it's that YouTube channel and there's playlists for all of these muscle groups through these series. So you're gonna see, we're gonna talk about these, these muscle groups, or we're gonna talk about these exercises uh, a little bit here, but we really just want you to go reference those playlists that we've put together for you um, specific to these episodes. That way you can dive in, you can see us explain the, the exercises more. You can see us walk through the, the the technique, the setup, the common mistakes that are made, all of those things. Okay, so I just wanted to kind of mention that there, that. We do have those on YouTube. So the facing in and away cable curl. Um, now, whether you're facing in or facing away in this cable curl, it's gonna kind of alter the resistance profile. So where that that exercise is is most challenging throughout the range of motion a little bit. Uh, and, and again, within the, within the nuance of program design, these things do kind of come into play a little bit more. And, and we're gonna have increasingly more content about this stuff. And we actually have talked about it on the YouTube channel um, on both we actually have two videos on the facing away cable curl uh, at the moment that we that you recorded, and I recorded one um, as yeah. well. And I mean, they're both good. Alex is a bit shorter If you have three less minutes, listen to Alex's. mine's obviously uh, pretty usual, a little long winded. Um, <laughs> but it's still good nonetheless um, gets the job done. So, um go and look at that, and we do we do start to talk about. Uh, the resistance profile in there, a little bit of this, this exercise, but we love the facing away, uh, cable curl a lot and the facing in as well. Um, one, cause it just lines up well with people. Yeah. It's an easy way
1: for it, it from an online perspective. This is the easiest way to, um, create a lot of tension. Once those cables get lined up, my gosh, this becomes very easy. It's just a matter of, of stabilizing the shoulder joint and allowing for us to go through elbow flexion. And so doing those two movements specifically, um, they're targeting the tissue in different lengths, of course, but then within that, those are two of our kind of bread and butter exercises. And um, I will say, as we've gotten older, and I'll speak for myself, and I'm sure you'll echo this, is that yeah. when we were younger training, we loved training arms. So we always had a, a consistent arm day within our training and just obliterated ourselves from a volume perspective. Yeah. I can't say how much of a polar opposite I am now as I'm an, an adult and, and wanting to get the most bang for my buck per session of like... I arms, if I if it's just at the end of my session, nine times out of 10. And it's like, I've got to, you know, hype myself up a little bit to get this small bit of arm volume that I have at this point. Because yeah. it's like, the, it's the like mati- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's turning into the, the lack of calf training that it's I've like always had as well.
0: Or the caps yeah. you got for body. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: with, the, with the cable, the facing in and facing away, we also um, have video of the hammer strength, or not hammer strength, the hammer variations of this, where we have a, a facing in uh, cable and then facing away, which we're not talking a ton about the, the brachialis here, which obviously is going to play a role. But um, those movements, I really like those, those two.
0: Yeah, and and we are missing a little bit of that brachialis, brachioridialis um, muscles. Again, with these, we have to sort of make decisions. We don't want the episode to get too long. Of course. And so maybe we'll come back with a bonus episode on, on the smaller <laughs> on the stuff, the forearms, the, you know, the tibis, tibialis anterior, yeah. uh, some of those scalene muscles. Who knows? Who knows what we're going to do? But um, so there is the, you know, the brachialis that lies in the sort of the middle of that that upper arm. So right. Kind of the middle of that. So if you're looking at from the the side there, it's kind of in the middle of the two, uh, between the, the biceps and the triceps rather. Um, so it kind of lies within there and growing your brachialis with hammer curl variations is a great idea. I mean, you're going to, you're going to grow your arms there. Um, and you, as you're going to see a lot online, like there's a lot of sort of like, you know, the bro bodybuilding thing of like, It helps expand your arms and beef up your, you know, whatever. Um, but it is a functional, it is a muscle. We need to train it. We need to train it with good exercises and the hammer curl variations, uh, whether it's dumbbell or this, the cable variations of those hammer curls, um, those are very important, uh, for overall functionality of the upper arm and shoulder and elbow and all of those things alongside the brachioradialis, which is kind of collectively in there as well. So we do... we do kind of skip over those in this episode, um, as far as specifics. But with that exercise selection, we do recommend adding in those uh, those hammer curl variations, which we do have uh, some of those on our YouTube, and we're constantly adding videos. So go check it out if it's not there; it may be there soon. Um, dumbbell standing or seated incline curls. So dumbbell curls again. These are with you know with the world of being a purist out there, it's sort of like, you know, don't train with dumbbells. It doesn't match your arm angle. It doesn't match whatever else. And it's like, all right, man, like we're very close. We're split again, going back to splitting hairs here. We're very, very close. If it doesn't hurt, you know, like truly hurt your elbows or your shoulders, you don't feel pain during that exercise. It feels pretty good. You're getting a good pump. You're still getting good tension. All right, it's good exercise. You know, it checks all the boxes in my opinion. So we still definitely use these dumbbell variations. Um, if you are a a, a larger structure individual, um, you have very broad shoulders, uh, things like that, where you do get a lot of pain, um, or there's a there's a pretty s- severe angle between your your elbow and your wrist joint when you are curling, and it's not lining up very well. Uh, that forearm isn't lining up very well with that upper arm as you curl. Maybe then you should do it unilaterally, but um, you know there there is a caveat there. Uh, so if you are a, very, a larger structured individual, broad shoulders, things like that, and or have a very sort of severe angle between that elbow and wrist joint when you curl, there's some merit definitely to the unilateral component of that. Um, so you'll see that being done, and, and that is a, that is one we recommend if you are kind of fit that fit that structure, but. Being a very normal-sized person myself, um, you know, I have decently wide shoulders in general in terms of my structure, and I, I can still get away with doing, you know, both arms at the same time doing bilateral curls. So if I can do it, I'd say a lot of people can probably get away with it. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I
1: agree, and I think that the the next exercise that we have on here within the the chin ups being more eccentrically loading man Oof. this is a, a way to yeah blow up your biceps here um, done properly my gosh this is a hellacious pump for one and then yeah. two from a fatigue perspective be sure that you're not training arms again after this for our biceps specifically, uh, for a good bit of time, you know, following this session, because you're going to have five some days, you're going to need four yeah, or five days. To fatigue, especially yeah. for your first time, you have to think that you're maybe doing a three or four second eccentric load and your body mass is, is the resistance. Thus it is going to be a, a stout curl in terms of if you were to, for myself being 210 pounds, if I was to have a, an easy bar and try to do that. That would be, I mean, that would be ridiculous. And so understanding that, especially when you're picking your rep range, because if you're thinking for for general purposes within bicep training, more often than not, you're thinking like eight to 12 repetitions for most individuals. I'm not so sure. Like uh, the last time it was programmed in for it me. Four. Yeah, <laughs> no. it was four. Yeah. And I had like three sets and I was like, I, I had texted Adam of like, dude, I don't know about this third set here. Like two was yeah, yeah, sufficient yeah. for me. Like this was, this was enough for me.
0: Yeah. And you can sort of deload it too. Like I like to do with, uh, dips, which we have a a video on this on our channel, um, under the training tips category at the very bottom of the homepage there on the the physique development YouTube channel. And it's using a box assisted eccentrics, essentially using a box on dips, um, like under your feet. And you could do the same thing here with this variation. Uh, you can do it with pull-ups in general, but chin-ups in general, um, But I like the box in this specific situation because, you know, I like to sort of have that there as I do start to fatigue a little bit more. And I like maybe when I hit rep three or four and I'm like, ah, dude, I couldn't do another one, you know, be it, you know, we're around the same weight here. So doing that for four reps and doing it, thinking about doing a fifth one, it's like, no, I don't think so without, without some help. So having that box there, allow your feet to sort of displace some weight or deload some weight off of that and uh continue to you probably get another two to three reps out of it so um again this is where nuance of program design does come in a little bit and i know we're gonna have some episodes coming up uh, more specifically and we've had some questions through youtube as well so thank you for those if you do have questions we want that you want answered on the show um or whatever this is the podcast <laughs> um then do ask them uh, on youtube and we, we do see those so um uh, but a question that has been asked is about program design there but there is some nuances here with program design that's you know this exercise specifically that we that w- what we were talking about here with the the eccentric focused chin up for biceps is like you need some time to recover yeah you know because <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of muscular damage a lot of mechanical damage done um a lot of fatigue driven uh in that so it's very important that. You understand that and, you know, you don't have any, you know, this is something we'd have to think, you know, like when, when you and I were doing the inflatables thing, it's like, dude, I don't know if I could do that job at that moment. You know, there are days that I was just so sore from our training that I was like, yeah, I honestly don't think I can do my job today. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to lift this up. I don't think I'm going to yeah. hold this, um, <clears throat> trying to get those things back on the dollies. It's just like, dude, I don't, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. So do take that into consideration?
1: Yeah. And this could be another whole podcast for you guys of kind of going over what eccentric loading really does within your training and and having the resistance of that and um, how different the emphasis on that would apply to your training. We could that would be a whole other episode, but that would be maybe an interesting topic for us to kind of delve
0: into uh, for you guys. You can't break that down in 60 seconds. (laughs) No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And the last one here we have is, is, preacher curls. Um, so preacher curls are fantastic exercise. One of my favorites. I'm a huge fan of the machine based one. Um, you can do a preacher curl using a bench with dumbbells, uh, single arm or unilateral work. Uh, but, and then there's also the preacher curl bench that you can do f- free weight with dumbbells as well. You can do it unilaterally or bilaterally with both arms. Um, uh, but my favorite by far, I love, love, love the preacher curl machine, uh, for biceps, Uh, be it that, you know, obviously it's not a a crap machine, but you know, obviously if if you can get into a gym where there's like a life fitness one or, um, maybe even like a pre-core one or, you know, some of the hammer strength ones are all right. And obviously the prime is sort of that pinnacle, um, of preacher curl machines in, in my opinion. Uh, and you obviously can change the resistance profile on that one even, even so, so, Love the love the machine based preacher curl as far as like driving anywhere from low reps to high reps, really um, in that. So big fan. Yeah, big fan. I think that the, the two movements, if we were to speak on a lower rep
1: range that I utilize the most within programming, it would be the facing away uh, cable curl. And I'll use that into um, for some of our male competitors. I'll, I'll even get down to like four repetitions on that uh, with a lot of our females. If I'm utilizing it within their training, the lowest I would probably go would be six. And the same thing goes within the preacher curl. Um, those two are the, the ones of that i would probably take the lowest repetition allotments on and then everything else i would say um higher repetition allotments and um yeah
0: yeah and those so the i would say that ch- every ep- oh, the every chin exercise up, we, yeah the channel well, every well. exercise we yeah that's a lower rep one as well obviously <laughs> we talked about that but um obviously depending on your structure you know if you weigh 90 pounds you maybe you're super strong more. like you know who knows the sky's the limit yeah. um but the facing in and away cable curls, the, the dumbbell standing or seated curls, future curls, those those are ones that you can use with a multitude in a, in a very large range of, of reps and uh, rep schemes and, and uh, all of that stuff, rest periods, you name it. You can really, you can do a lot with those bread and butter exercises in terms of program design and, and really training that muscle group. Um, and then obviously there's, you know, There's more arm exercises on the channel. I I just want to plug that really quick again before we move on to triceps because, you know, if you, there's kind of exercises that are a little bit more long head specific and short head specific that have to do with the cables and stuff like that, Um, like a high cable curl or or things like that. Um, But we won't get into that just because it, unless you're seeing it in front of you, it can be a little confusing to explain. So uh, those are on the channel. Great videos. Um, So go check those out. Uh, any other notes that we wanted to add on biceps before moving on to triceps here? I don't believe so.
1: I think we're ready for for my personal favorite. I feel like when we f- first yeah. got started training, this was the uh, this the the muscle group that I was like, I want my triceps to be massive. I had seen a photo of Lee Priest. Um, oh, wow. His triceps yeah. were were crazy. It was his it was his legs and his triceps were really his Tr- his main pieces. Um, yeah and his his triceps were cross-straight. I mean, they were crazy looking. Um yeah. and so that was kind of the the first example and so within the the tricep you're going to have three muscles and obviously coming from the name being tri, um you're going to have the lateral head of the uh, tricep which is going to be that um, I mean, it's moving laterally at the, the outer portion of the tricep, if you will. Then you're going to have the medial head, which is going to, to under or lie under the, the other two heads, if you will. And then you're going to have the that meaty portion of the tricep being the long head of the tricep, which is going to run alongside the, um, the inner portion of the arm. And all three of these muscles attach at your elbow and are responsible for extending your arm which opposes the action of the flexor such as the bicep that we just uh, covered. The tricep, it makes up about two thirds of your arm. So you're going to hear repetitively if you're wanting to grow your arms, train the shit out of your triceps, yep. um, which I think that there's obviously some validity to that, but I don't think that it's like you should have 20 sets of tricep volume and then 10 sets of bicep volume. I don't, I don't think that you need to bias it that much. I think that with both muscle groups, you're going to need to just have a, everything that we drive home, quality execution, exercises that line up well for you, and you can execute extremely well, and you're going to see the growth that's necessary with the other you know, components taken into place. Uh, from a program design and and all of that fun stuff. Um, The last thing that I want to touch on from the uh, training component of things is that um, the, the primary function is to extend the arm, as I spoke about, and then also within the exercises, that's what the overarching goal is obviously going to be is to get into extension of the elbow uh, to allow for us to train the tricep through uh, different ranges that we are are targeting and and austin's going to give you um, the
0: details on all the the meatier aspects of the tricep yeah getting nerdy for a bit so (laughs) as we discussed previously right the triceps do have three heads Tri meaning three set meaning head three heads and attach across the upper arm and onto the scapula Okay, <clears throat> so the long head, right, that inner meaty portion of the back <laughs> of the arm attaches to the scapula and does have some involvement in that glenohumeral joint or that shoulder joint. Um, you know, it, it's tough to, there's people who are a lot smarter than us that, that can break this down a little. I think a little bit, uh, more eloquently, but as a whole, you know, like saying biceps are, um, and there, there's definitely some research to, to back this up to, um, that I've dug into, but like the biceps, you know, aren't as much elbow or shoulder flexors as they are sort of shoulder fixators, right? So they, they sort of resist. So if you had your arm up into shoulder flexion, let's say, um, like at the end of like a, like if you're throwing a baseball up in the air, let's say, and you're at the top of that movement, right. And someone came and tried to like force your arm down really quickly, right. Your biceps sort of going to help fixate that arm in place, sort of fixate that position um, and resist that downward motion. Right. And so I think the same is very similar for the triceps in that they're sort of, uh, you know, obviously they're going to help. They're going to do what they do as far as shoulder extension goes. Um, but I, I, they're not a main shoulder extender right so when you when you see these these really integrated tricep push down shoulder extension movements like anytime we're trying to make a muscle do multiple functions at one time, you're muddy in the water here right so choose a goal choose an exercise for that goal and drive that point home right if you want to train the the other function of that train it sort of on its own. Um, and, and you're going to be able to train that in other shoulder extension exercises if, if it has merit. Um, but that is to say that long head does attach to the scapula. Um, there is some function there, but probably more from a stability standpoint than, than anything, right? A stability standpoint at the shoulder and the, and the elbow uh, as well. Okay. So the, that's the long head, the medial inner portion. <laughs> yeah. Medial and lateral head. Okay. The other two heads spanning across, outwardly from the the middle to the lateral out to the outside of the arm. And both of these sort of creates that horseshoe, right? There's sort of the the two on the outside and there's one that kind of in the middle that's deep, kind of creating that horseshoe effect. Uh, And so the medial and lateral, both of these heads attached to the back of the upper arm bone, that humerus, okay? And although they do share a very similar attachment point uh, towards the upper portion of that upper arm, the medial head lies deeper than the lateral head, right? That we kind of went over. So they do attach in a very similar place. Um, so that outer portion of the tricep does attach very similarly to where the medial portion does attach, um, but the, the medial actually falls under and is, lies deeper um, to, to that compared to that lateral head. So, And then as I mentioned earlier a little bit, the lesser known function of the biceps and triceps is going to be shoulder stability. Uh, so, as the long head of each muscle, the biceps and the triceps, attach to the scapula, this aids in uh, humeral displacement stability uh, as a whole, right? And so, there's there's a lot of merit to to having strong biceps and triceps and training through a broad range of motion, through different movement patterns, things like that, because you're not just growing big arms, you're growing very functional joints as well. Um, and that's a very important thing as you want to steer clear of injury and, and do all of that stuff uh, through or across your training career and staying in the gym, right? Because as we always talk about here is if we're not staying in the gym, right? The benefits are only as good as as we are consistent, right? Um, so, you, you know, the benefits you got when you were in your 20s, You're not hanging on to those when you're in your forties and fifties, right? You got to continue to, you got to keep at it. You got to stay in the gym, right? We have to stay healthy and we want to have strong joints. So training all these things through a broad range of motion and through a variety of exercises is a great idea. Anything to add there?
1: Yeah, I think the one thing I would add within the stability component is that within contact sports, this is it having very strong delts and having very strong bicep and tricep and and forearm strength looks great within the jerseys uh, within basketball and football, but it has a lot of performance applications in terms of going up to uh, as a receiver going up to get a ball like a jump ball in that fashion where the defender is is pulling down on that arm where Austin already talked about that the bicep um, being a stabilizer to be able to you know go up and get that ball and stay up there even with someone pulling down and same thing goes for getting rebounds as a a basketball player there's a lot of functionality and performance uh, that athletes especially in contact sports are going to benefit from training uh, their biceps and triceps well
0: yeah and I even I even see it in snowboarding mm. um you know so strengthen the extremes is a, is a good thing and um again that, that kind of goes back to training through a broad range of motion because in being stronger in those those uh more end end ranges of motion or or yeah more extreme muscle lengths, short and lengthened um as well through the mid-range but Like when I'm snowboarding and I'm trying to, you know, to cut really hard or carve really hard or or to turn really, really hard. Um, Or if I go back on my back and I kind of plant my arm down or I lose balance and I need to plant my arm down to sort of gain, regain some balance. There's been times where it's like, I think if I had a super weak bicep, things would have went really wrong (laughs) because my arm was kind of extended beyond uh, back behind me and I I felt some, you know, I felt a pull in my bicep when I put my arm down, put my hand down. And I think due to the strength and integrity of those joints, um, I was able to, you know, to to not get injured in that moment. But I do think if that was super weak or I didn't train or, you know, I wasn't strong in those positions or at least strong enough in those positions, I think that would have been a a recipe for disaster for myself. So uh, there's a lot of application uh, into, obviously into real life. Outside of the gym, right? Um, muscles are great for show, but we also want them to work in real life uh, and in sports. Which is, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this, you play sports. Um, we have exciting things coming up for you, but yeah. um, uh, in the future here. But that that all said, there, it's it's very important to to train these these muscle groups through, through that wide range of motion, variety of exercises, all that stuff. So let's get into um, let's get into exercises. Uh, because I think that's going to be a good, good transition here. And um, so triceps. So just like biceps, you know, you're you're also hitting your biceps in in more compound ba- base movements like rowing and and pull downs and and things like that. Right? Those pulling movements, you're also hitting your biceps. So you know, pressing movements, you're hitting your triceps. Right? And so and you'll notice this. You know, I, I remember when Alex and I were first going through. Uh, the principles program back when we wrote that, uh, was it 2018? Gosh, yeah. A minute. We kind of first wrote that. Um, and so we are going through that and there's pressing after some pretty intense tricep work. And if you want to understand how much the triceps are involved in pressing, go through the principles program and about three fourths of the way through with that first workout you hit triceps it may be the first workout in general um you're gonna really really understand how involved those triceps are in pressing because i think it's no it's an overhead press that we went through and it was like we were <laughs> supposed to like four sets. after the third one i was like "Ah, oh, dude i'm toast I'm i can't done. yeah i can barely extend my arm here um so we're not going to touch on any you know there I, there's a mention you know pressing horizontal and overhead Uh, work the triceps, but we're not going to go specifically into that stuff right now, but do understand there is a heavy involvement. Um, so if you're doing a ton of pressing, you know, start to calculate that as far as, you know, the volume you, you may be doing for that muscle, that muscle group. Um, and also it kind of comes into play too, you know, don't trash your triceps the day before a pressing session, you know, probably not a great idea because there's a lot of carryover, um, and I would say, if you do hit arms, or you you kind of do trash your arms or triceps, and you have a <clears throat> you have a, a push session coming up, or you know a chest session coming up, or something, where you have a lot of pressing, at least give yourself a day to recover in that. Right. So the arms are going to recover fairly quickly, depending on what, how you smash them. Um, but at least give your, yourself a day there to recover because there is there are a lot of overlap within those other upper body movements, but. Um, so this first, this first exercise that we have specifically more of isolation movements for the the triceps, uh, one that we love, you see it everywhere. Um, you are starting to see it everywhere, but we love it. It's the cross cable tricep extension. Favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. Huge favorite. It's, uh,
1: I, I think the beauty of it is, is how, again, the cables line up with the, the joints and how we're training them. I think that especially coming from a, a place where, uh, A lot of the the rope attachments that many people utilize in their gym and it just don't align well with the individual and it kind of puts you in this like hunched over turtle shell positioning and you're not really fully training the triceps um and so getting into this cable and and allowing for the cross cable to transpire it just feels i mean significantly better tension is obviously um significantly better all those different factors
0: yeah yeah all around a great exercise trains you know, all three heads, um, in a great way. Um, it's very functional and yeah, it does a great job of creating a lot of tension. You can load it, you can do it high reps. You can do it low reps. You can do it short rest periods. You can do it, you name it, um, as a superset, whatever you can, you can do a lot with that cross cable tricep extension. So, and also with body structures and and all that stuff, again, whether you're a small structure or, or a larger structure, you can, Again, manipulate where you can manipulate the resistance to line up with your body parts, your arm angle, and all that stuff way easier with cables, obviously, than you can with free weights. Okay. That's why a lot of these recommendations are cable based um, that we make, especially when it comes to arm training, because the more that it does line up, the more advantageous that is for creating, maintaining tension, but also not putting a ton of, you know, tension, passive tension through those. There's connective tissues and, and causing injury in the future and stuff like that, um, which we don't want. And then the, the sort of the flip side of that coin is the, the overhead tricep extension, um, where you're facing away from the cable and you're kind of cross cable still, but you're kind of more overhead facing away. Um, again, all of these are on YouTube if you wanna look at that YouTube channel. All of these are on YouTube if you need explanations or you want visuals of these, um, I'd highly recommend that because um, we do go through everything. Uh, But that's another great one. And I know there's, you know, there's another one that we're starting to see more of, which is more of that, I guess that more of that medial head that you do training more specifically with more of an adjustable functional trainer. But we don't have a video on that quite yet. So I don't want to go too deep into that. Right.
1: And the, like the next one being the skull crusher skull crusher is kind of just like nostalgic because it was kind of the, yeah, it's like, I, I, I don't know that it's necessarily the best tricep exercise. Like I, I'm, I'm aware of that, but in terms of just like it being part of our training from literally, you know, 14 years old, it's like, I just, I do it out of. Um, yes, it's a good exercise, but two, it just feels nostalgic every time that I get into that exercise for whatever reason. Um, because it's one exercise that has just stayed in our training for, I mean,
0: literally such a long time, like a decade and a half, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's been in our training forever. I remember, I mean, back when, you know, Wildemann was training us, uh, (laughs) and strength conditioning and then all, you know, all the way to, you know, old, old you know you can go back in old our first (laughs) yeah like 2013 14 youtube videos where we're we're doing it right we've been doing the skull crusher forever and again it's a nostalgic exercise it's a good one it's good bang for your buck um if it doesn't hurt your elbows or your shoulders dude i'm game do it um but if if you do get some pain or you know sometimes you get some some clicking um you get a little resistance or pain in the elbow i get um so there's some days i feel like i'm not even sure what that is to be honest but there's some days where the the skull crusher is like yes today is it we're loading we're loading this up um and then there's some days where i i can't even you know i pick up you know 15 20 pound weights i'm trying to do dumbbell skull crushers and it's like not today man it's just you know like when you go it's like on a hack squat you know sometimes sometimes for me like as i'm going down through the eccentric on my first rep of a hack squat or or a pendulum squat or something. And, you know, you kind of get that knee strain, that knee pain and that patellar tendon or something or around the knee. And it's just like, not today. Today's not it. I don't know what, what I did to the knee. I don't know what I did to the elbow, but just not today.
1: Yeah. I think it's just a a matter of crazy use that we've had over the past however many years that's from true. an athletic perspective <laughs> yeah. and the i think there's just days up. yeah i think there's just days where my body's like nah not today man like we have we've done this a billion times so i'm gonna i'm gonna pass today and and let you you know figure out what what else you want to do
0: yeah and that, i think that brings up an important point as you know we're kind of rounding out our exercise list here and again if you want a f- more full list youtube go to youtube great resource for you that's why it's there um and that's why we put so much work into it uh so you guys can go look at it and and learn but i think that's a good transition into um you know a quick point that if something isn't feeling great change you know and it may be just be for that session it may be for the the phase it may be for the foreseeable future right there's movements that we used to do that we don't do anymore just because they don't feel very good um you know and and I feel like some of those exercises, I'm more sore in my joints than I am in my muscle, which is not the goal. Um, And so if if that's the case, you're getting a lot of wear and tear on those joints. You're not feeling great. Um, You know, and and after a tough session, you obviously may have a little joint pain, especially if you're a little detrained or whatever else. Connective tissue is a little bit longer to adapt, takes a bit longer to adapt than compared to muscle. But if you are well-trained and you've been training consistently and you just after tough sessions you have more aches and pains in your joints relative to your muscles we need to start to rethink some exercise selection a little bit um and and don't be don't be afraid to i think it's why it's great too to have more more exercises in your arsenal and understanding understanding the anatomy and the function of, of that anatomy uh insofar that you can really start to add variety to your training Right. You can start to add variety to <clears throat> to your program design in that, you know, if something doesn't feel great, it's like, OK, well, I understand what I'm trying to get done here. I know that I can do. There's two other exercises that I can do to train this muscle the way I'm trying to train it. You know, and option one and two aren't feeling great today. So let's do option three, <clears throat> which is great, a great way to do it.
1: Yeah, I think that especially for individuals who maybe travel for work or travel consistently from a um, pleasure perspective or what have you, starting from a base of anatomy is going to be so helpful as you're getting into gyms that you're not familiar with or you're in a um, hotel gym that has a, a functional trainer and dumbbells
0: up to 50. I mean, that's 90% of hotels you get a lot that you're done. At. I mean, You can get a ton
1: done. Yeah,
0: When I was just in town for the, the company Gathering, our yearly company gathering, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that Marriott had a, you know, a a gym with weights that went up to dumbbells that went up to 50 and a functional trainer. And it was like, I can get everything done. I want to get done here. Yeah. It was perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know that when we go to hotels and I see that, that gives me just an assurance that I can really, train whatever I need to train if I'm in there by myself it does get a little <laughs> a little challenging if, if there's two there's people another, in there it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a little challenging. it becomes a little tough yeah. and you're not doing yeah. the same thing or what have you um and so that's you know it, coming from a place of anatomy for those who travel a bunch becomes I mean so um uh, valuable in, in general so yeah I I agree
0: So on on to some questions there so I wanted to, to sort of round this episode out with a few questions more specific, uh, to how we're choosing these exercises, right? So when it comes down to exercise selection, um, whether that be for, for some competitors or program design or whatever else. So let's get into those questions. So Alex, uh, my first question to you is how have you been, uh, most recently approaching your arm focused exercise selection with uh physique development competitors or just clients in general, but
1: Yeah, I think competitors is going to go by division, of course. Um, So within bikini athletes, this is something that I don't really touch a whole lot. I think that within uh, the physique that we're seeking within the bikini is that um, division is we're trying to see really good delt tissue, but we're not trying to see too much delt tissue. And so what's, what's transpiring at that point is that if we can keep the upper arm, more slender, if you will. I don't love using that term, but yeah. um, that's the, the reality lean. of it, right? <laughs> if we can keep it longer and leaner through the through the arm, and then have some really good pop through the delt, it's a it's going to accentuate the physique even greater. Because if we go in and we grow massive biceps, and and especially the uh, the, the brachialis specifically, where we're going to see the the long head of the bicep or the brachialis creating greater density, that's where we're going to run into some issues because that's going to really take away from the pop that that medial delt and the rear delt in that front shot is going to carry and same thing with the tricep so I'll have a little bit of tricep volume in there just because it is going to be Something that we it could become an issue within some of our, our pressing motions for the delts if we are not training the triceps properly. Um, so I, I do carry that. And then from like any of our male divisions, this is going to be something that I'm programming you know, very heavily within all of them. Um, from a men's physique perspective, men's physique is becoming something that's bigger than classic. Like the athletes themselves are, are becoming ginormous, they're ginormous, they're ginormous man. Oh like my the, the gosh. delts, everything, it's just like just forget the lower body training session. We're just going to train upper as frequently as we possibly can. Um, And so within men's physique, that's, I mean, it's a huge component within that within classic. I'm not, it's not, a, a massive piece of, of the puzzle um, because we have so much more to to work on um, in, in general. I mean, classic is becoming, from a male perspective, my absolute favorite from a working with, with client perspective just because I think that the balance that the category brings is such a, one, a beautiful physique, two, the most balanced of all the divisions at the moment. Um, I think that 212 can be that if the individual um, – is of, of that structure if you will like 212 can be a a balanced physique um where you know arm training everything can be more balanced but like somebody like sean clarita where he's five foot four you know, 212 or whatever, you know, height he is, he's just a, a bubbly monster within 212. So it doesn't look as, you know, streamlined or balanced, if you will, um, getting off on a side tangent from an arm volume perspective. But um, and then you look at, you know, f- figure and, and you look at uh, wellness, those those two, we're going to have a little bit of, of volume, but it's not going to be a large priority as delts are still going to be the, the large priority within those divisions as well.
0: Yeah. Which then expands into the question of, you know, are you having from a program design perspective, are you having dedicated days or Mm. are we working them in with other muscle groups? Obviously there's a lot of, lot of caveats to this, but uh, what are you doing most often?
1: Man, I, I think that with anyone who is having it's like a large priority, especially within some of our male competitors, they do have a dedicated day. Um, I try to make it happen if possible on that front for the female competitors that we work with. I don't think, I don't think I've ever used a, a full arm day because we have so much more to work on and so much glute volume mm-hmm. to you know get in to and, and just lower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, I guess in that front, like for female competitors, are they going to have a, a dedicated glute day? some you know could uh depending on all the different components that we have in place but uh for arms no i don't think i i don't i i've i don't even know if i've had a dedicated arm day in a long time like i said earlier like i don't remember the last time i had one
0: yeah and i i was the same way for, for a very long time and honestly it's a blast <laughs> it is It's, it's so, so much fun, <laughs> it's, so fun. It's, it's so much fun yeah it's so much fun just go in and you're like dude let's rip let's get after it and you know there's not a ton of what i love is like i don't know i know you and i both put a, we put a little pressure on ourselves to perform well and regardless of wherever this is going for me i understand it's not going anywhere um as far as competitive natures but what what you know what i i kind of carry from the old days is like i feel kind of competitive with myself i want to have a good session um, I want things to feel good and blah, blah, blah. So if I'm pressing or doing anything like bigger movement patterns, I'm, I'm, I put a little pressure on myself. Um, I think just to kind of keep myself in check and to make sure that I continue to care about it. Um, but it's probably its own safety mechanism, but on arm day, it's like, dude, I just go in, no worry. Um, and it's like, let's go, you know, let's have a great pump. Let's, if I, you know, if I want to go lower reps, I'm gonna. I'll hammer out some lower reps. If I want to go higher reps, I'm feeling shorter rest times. Get a you know a nasty pump. I'm going to do that. So, um, I, I some a lot of times I combine. I'm going to have a dedicated arm day. I usually just throw delts into the mix as well, um, and have a dedicated arm and delts day. Uh, and I, I think with for a lot of the the guys that I train, um, some of the females that I train, I you know if they enjoy arms and delts a lot, where um, I wasn't able to sneak in much. Throughout the rest of the week, and we have five days to train in the week. Sometimes I will give uh, my my females uh, that I work with a dedicated arm and delt day. Kind of also as like a deload of like, hey, I want to get to the gym. I want to at least go to the gym. It's like, all right, well, I'm not touching all the main stuff. You know, I'm not touching everything we just obliterated the rest of the week. So I'm going to give you a day where it's kind of deloading the rest of that stuff and, and allowing you to to train those, the, those muscle groups that we may not get a ton of. Um, and then if, you know, for males, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely, if I can sneak it in, I'm adding it because I know, I know they're enjoying it and and it's a good time. So, well, if you're training five
1: days a week, it's very difficult to not have like a shoulder and dealt day or a, a dealt and arm day, um, because of how, you know, just how thrashed you could be through the, the four sessions prior necessarily. Um, so,
0: yeah. I also, it can, it can break it up well too, right? So, some you know, you can throw it in at the end of the week and throw it in, at, in the middle of the week. It's kind of dependent. Um, what I will say, if you are throwing it in in the middle of the week, make sure your next session is lower body focused. Yeah. Because, again, as we talked about earlier, you don't want to thrash your you know, your, your upper arm, your biceps, triceps, delts, things like that. And then go straight into like a, you know, a push pull session or something. that's, you know, that's going to be atrocious. <laughs> that's yeah. not going to be great. No, thank you. Um, yeah. You're not going to feel very great. Things aren't going to move well. Uh, you're not going to feel very strong because a lot of those supporting tissues are f- very fatigued still. Um, so, you know, if you do put it in the middle of the week, have a, um, have a leg day, maybe your lower body's focus day after that uh, and then that's a good way to put it. So my last question here, um, you know, we'll both kind of touch in on this, but what sort of reps and sets do you most use with arms uh, and does it depend on the exercise?
1: Yeah, I think that um, we touched on it a little bit within the the bicep training, within like the preacher curl and the facing away cable curl. Um, those are, are movements that I would prioritize lower rep ranges with, um, because I think that we can really up, you know, up the volume or up the poundage that we are able to utilize the intensity uh, relative to what we'd be able to do within some of the other bicep movements. Like I'm not overly interested in doing a um, a standing dumbbell curl with 50 60 pound dumbbells and trying to get four repetitions with those like yeah it may look cool for a photo shoot or something of that nature but in terms of practicality from a day-to-day perspective not super uh feasible um within triceps i think that this is one where i take to lower rep ranges more frequently than i do biceps just because of the different exercise selection and how well things line up as a whole like with the the cross cable tricep uh um, extension and then also the the facing away uh, tricep extension as well and so both of those you can load up quite well it's just a matter of can you get into positioning can you get the cable you know pulled down from the to get it started if you can get in positioning and actually execute awesome. If you have a training partner, it gets a lot easier. Um, I've been training in my garage by myself for the last two years. So I'm, um, you know, there's been some tough times getting into positioning for some of these more cable based movements where I can move a, a good bit of load. But um, those would be ones I take down to lower rep ranges. Everything else is going to be in a kind of eight to 12 rep range, even if I'm training you know, more strength based training as a whole, if I'm programming arm volume in there i st- i still like six to eight is still the the ballpark that i would be in with a lot of the arm
0: volume that would be in there as well yeah that's a good meaty uh rep range and i will say too, just gonna add to it's going to add what you were saying the <clears throat> the more intense right the exercise is going to be the more stability we're going to need right and so that that starts to make a lot of sense and the lower the reps sort of said differently the lower the reps are, the more stability we really rely on in those exercises to produce the amount of tension needed, um, and you know to get a full range of motion in terms of getting a full rep in, um, feeling stable, and, and producing that much intensity and tension. Uh, you need a lot of stability, and so choosing exercises you feel very stable in or that stabilize well like the cable-based movements we mentioned um and and that doesn't say some free weights aren't aren't uh usable but i would say cable-based or machine-based movements are probably a little bit more apt to help the situation a little bit more and and further along the goal of those sessions and the goal of those reps and sets and all of that stuff so that rounds it out me and i think that's it for us i we're right at an hour i think we crushed it right on the dot yeah right on the dot which is i think that's pretty good for us really yeah i'll take it as a win take as a win all right we'll sign off we'll say bye we'll keep it under an hour um right at an hour rather uh and so we'll say our bye we have nine seconds so i'm gonna say bye (laughs) before we hit an hour so see you guys see you next time Hey guys, Austin here. Thank you again for listening into the episode. It means a lot. If you can, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the podcast a five-star review. This does help us grow and be found by others. Also, just wanted to mention, if you guys are interested in free education based around training and nutrition, be sure to check out physiquedevelopment.com backslash free education, where you'll find free downloads, videos, articles, etc. no strings attached. Again, thank you. Chat soon.